You can be seated. Great to be here. I, uh, this is the second time that I have been to uh, this city, but the first time I've spoken at this church. I spoke at another church called Meadow uh, Church uh, some time ago, and this is a new church. And I, of course I jest because we're standing on the shoulders of greats that have helped to build this house. But I also esteem what is happening, the fact that there is a real freshness in the air. God is up to something new. And uh, I, I, the, he, he joked, he said, oh, you, you love me so much. The truth is, I am here because of our relationship. And uh, it's not, I, I don't, we don't go anywhere out of, outside of relationship. And I actually believe that God is doing something special uh, in Connect Church. And I believe God's doing something in, especially in New Life churches across the country. And uh, so uh, the only disappointment is uh, my wife isn't here with me this time. Um, but in fact, she wasn't last time either. She hates you. <laughs> We're staying at this gorgeous little place up on the hill. And uh, what is it? Cabbage patch? No, country patch. <laughs> country patch. And uh, I took a photo, no filter, last night. And oh my gosh, the sunset was absolutely gorgeous. But so that in case you bump into my wife, so that you know I, she knows I talked about her. Uh, this is my beautiful wife, uh, Valerie, uh, on the screen. And uh, she looks much younger than me, but that's okay. Uh, this is, uh, next one is Leah and Andy uh, on the left. They live in London. And um, they, she's a film producer. And so they serve God there. They're at Holy Trinity Brompton, uh, Alpha, um, kind of the church where that all happened. Um, and uh, I'm hopeful they might give us some grandkids soon. Uh, Elise, on the other hand, is in LA, and she's not married yet, so I'm encouraging her to do that before she gives us grandkids. And uh, Elise is the associate pastor of, or one of the associate pastors of Oasis Church. Some of you ladies might know the name Holly Wagner. Well, Holly and her husband, Philip, are the senior pastors there. Um, the next photo, that's Ryan and Bindi, who got married, and that's what happened. Uh, and then they give us our first grandson, whose name is Freddie and uh, Frederick Michael. And uh, looks like he's got a bit of a suntan on that left-hand side, wasn't it? <laughs> My mum and dad, um, and that'll be relevant. On the, that's the four generations of Murphy males on the right, and mum and dad just after they got out of prison uh, a little while ago. <clears throat> In fact, dad... Dad, dad, my whole life growing up, dad was in the funeral industry, and he doesn't look like much of a funeral director right there, but uh, my first home that I lived in was upstairs of WN Bull Funeral Parlor, and uh, we were pretty poor, they couldn't afford a bed, so they just put a mattress in a coffin, and uh, oh actually, actually, it was in the inner city of Sydney, Newtown it was, but it's a very trendy, kind of cool, hipster kind of area. Um, might move there myself, actually, but uh, uh, near Sydney University, and uh, and because it, it didn't have any grass, it was just it was just concrete backyard. And the story goes, I can't remember it, but the story goes that I I got on my little scooter, heralding down the back, and uh, and I banged into the back fence and uh, cut badly my chin. You can still see the the uh, the cut there right now. Thanks for your sympathy. Uh, and, and blood went everywhere, so they had to take me to the hospital to kind of think, think they had to get it stitched up. And so they were looking around for a car to take me in, and you guessed it, there was only a hearse. So not all that encouraging for a young fella uh, to arrive at the hospital with a cut chin. And, uh, and the, the odd time my dad would get a call late on Friday night or Saturday, 
Some funeral director in a country area had forgotten to organize a casket for Monday or Tuesday the next week. So we'd have to go in for an excursion to the coffin factory. And uh, I'm the eldest of seven kids. There's myself, five girls, and a brother on the end. And uh, so we'd often go, we'd all dive into dad's car and go for a fun time. You know, you went to the, fair, you went to the fairground, we went to the funeral factory. And, uh, and so, yeah, fun factory or funeral factory. And so, I just thought of that then. Uh, anyway, so, so I would often run ahead of the girls, because it was kind of dimly lit, and I would hide in a coffin. And as they walked past, I would jump out of the coffin and scare the bajillicas out of them. It was such a big brother thing to do. Come with me to, to Luke chapter 7. I want to talk to you today about someone that did pop out of a coffin. In fact, let's see, just for a minute or so, a great little rendering of this passage on the, uh, on the screens, and, uh, and it'll give you a feel. I don't know that the atmosphere music was there at the day, but uh, check it out. Young man, I say unto thee, arise. A great prophet is risen up among us. God hath visited his people. I love that little smirk on Jesus' face. He turns around, it's like, like he's saying, I love being the son of God. This is so cool. Uh, verse 12 of uh, Luke 7 says, And when he had come near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her and the Lord saw her and had compassion on her and said to her do not weep and he came and touched the open coffin and those who carried him stood still as you would and he said young man I say to you arise so he who was dead sat up and began to speak and he presented him to his mother then fear came upon all as it would and they glorified God saying a great prophet has risen among us and God has visited his people. Father, bless to us right now the reading of your precious word. This is a very sad story. Really sad story. This lady had lost a husband already. So she was a widow. And this is her only son. And uh, the Bible doesn't tell us how old the boy was. But 
Um, I mean, that rendering of it, which uh, may have a bit of Hollywood in it or whatever, but um, we don't know whether it was just a, a young man or whatever. But here's, here's the problem she had. Not only was she suffering the ignominious grief of, of losing a son, but also her whole uh, future economic stream. Um, because it was not really done that, that women in that situation, particularly being married and so forth, uh, could make a living all that easily. And so this was a destitution moment. You had two, two processions, a procession of death and a procession of life, and they met in the middle. How many know when, a, when death meets life, life has to actually overcome every time? Death gives way every single time. And uh, he touched the coffin, uh, the, the, the body rose. Uh, everyone say this, when the body moves, come on, when the body moves, the funeral's over. There ain't no funeral when the body's breathing, when the body's ticking, when the body's talking. And I wonder what he said. Hey, Jesus, how you doing? It was an incredible moment right there when the body moved. You know, the church has been accused of being dead for many years. Many naysayers would say, I think some of the new age uh, thinkers and writers uh, have said the church is going to be dead within the space of a couple of uh, generations. Uh, in fact, it's crazy. I think in the house of Voltaire, who was one of those prophets of doom that said, you know, the church has only got a couple of generations to go. I think the Bible Society bought the house and they used to print Bibles there. How cool is that in Jesus' name? The, 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 the church is not dead. We get to ca carry uh, the, the, the opportunity that God has given us to many, many nations from mid-January to Easter. This year we'll be in 10 nations. And I'm not saying I know all that God is doing by any stretch of the imagination. But we see a lot. We see a lot of different churches from churches of 15,000 at one end to hundreds on the other end. All different cultures, all different situations. Only last couple of weeks I was in uh, Holland and Ireland and England. God is doing some amazing things around the world. I want to say to you today, the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well. It's not even sick. God's doing something fresh all over the place. Not just here, but all over the place. But God is doing something fresh here. You've got an incredible leader that's actually touching the nation. And because he's your pastor, you get a hand in that. So everything you do to help build this house in helping to release him to see a movement freshly revived. You've got 100 or so churches now. Who can believe for 200, 300 churches prevailing right across the length and breadth of this amazing nation. You guys have done, you know, the other joy that I have of coming here is is New Zealand has been very, very kind to Australia. No, not in sporting events, but in every other area. No, no, seriously, I, I am, I, I rolled into a church, um, messed up. You know, I, I, I was doing in business at the time, so you may not have known that I wore a suit during the week, but I was messed up on the inside. I had a teenage pregnancy when I, I didn't, the girl did, but I was involved when I was 18. We were going to get married, actually. We'd been going out for 18 months. It wasn't just a... Uh, a fly-by-night relationship, and it fell terribly apart. I was messed up, man. She married someone quite a bit older than her uh, a little while later, and, uh, and the baby was born on my birthday. I never saw the baby. And uh, some of you might have heard me share this story. I don't know, but uh, we were preaching uh, in our church uh, several years later. I met Valerie, had her own kids, and, um, and, and a couple of people responded. At the end of this service, incidentally, I'm going to give an opportunity for every single person here I'm, I'm, I, got, I, I haven't got a judgmental leg to stand on. 
I'm, I am a trophy of God's grace. So what you're going to hear from me is fact, the fact that God wants to lift you up. No matter how you're messing up, no matter how bad a Christian you feel, no matter how missing the mark you might be, you're here in the timing and purpose of God today, and He's got something good to do in your life. So anyway, uh, this young, uh, the people responded, and, and after, afterwards in the foyer, one of the people that I'd recognized responded to the gospel, actually came up to me, and she said, can I talk to you for a minute? And I thought, yeah, I remember you. You were the one of the ones pastored a new Christian. And this beautiful eight-year-old girl looked at me in the eye in the foyer of our church and said, I'm your daughter. I said, I'm so glad to meet you. Can I give you a hug? And so there I was hugging my daughter for the first time I ever laid eyes on her. I sat down quickly and I grabbed both her hands and looked deeply into her eyes in the foyer of our church. I just lost it, right? And my associate pastor walked past and went, are you okay? It's like he's really gone this time. So brazen, right? So now she's been in and out of our lives. My wife, she was married as a younger girl, and uh, she, uh, he walked out with someone else when she was about, I don't know, early 20s or something like that. They've been married a couple of years. So honestly, we should be statistics. We were, we were two broken people, like two out-of-control waves that met together. Our kids should be messed up. We should be, we should be on our second or third or fourth marriage. We, we, we're coming up for 33 years. We still love each other, and we like each other most days as well. And the kids are serving God. How does that happen? I walked in broken to a church planted by a Kiwi. My senior pastor who was preaching that night, Brian Houston, one of the first times he'd ever preached at his dad's church on a Sunday night, I responded to the gospel. He's a Kiwi. Phil Pringle has touched the length and breadth of our country and the world. He's a Kiwi. So for me to come back here in an ever so small way and give the opportunity to give back a little bit around six cities is the, is the most unspeakable privilege that I've ever had. God is good. God is good. And God's got you right where He wants you. When the body moves, the funeral's over. The church of Jesus Christ is alive and well, and this church is alive and well. But listen, don't be, don't be hoodwinked just by all the stuff that's going on. Don't be, don't, be, don't be just like, oh, wow, it's all great. It is great. But God wants you to stop coming to church. Everyone say, stop coming to church. And start becoming the church. See, God wants a moving body. God wants a moving body. God doesn't want a body that's just dormant. God doesn't want a body that's sitting on its rusty dusty. God doesn't want a body that's just inactive. God doesn't want a body that says, you know what? My lot in life is to, t to rock up it and sit in a and warm a chair. I'll even give in the, in the, in the offering thing. I was going to say what it, what it is, but I couldn't remember. Koa? Koha. Koha. Uh, I'm going to give in the Koha bucket, Pastor. It'll just be coins, but we'll get there. We'll work up to, we'll work up to notes once you, once you preach a bit better or whatever. God wants a moving body. God wants a moving body. He wants a body that's active. You know, when we talk about connect, you know, it's not just to get you into a connect group, but it's a good idea. You know, when the, the, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1, uh, the man who isolates himself rages against all wise judgment and seeks his own desire. The, the, you get some people, and honestly, they're space cadets. They're like, oh, I'm in the church of Jesus Christ, but I don't really, I just go over here when I'm led. I go over here when I'm, oh, there's a, there's a healing evangelist in town. This is my church today. 
I did that on purpose. What's that, Holy Spirit? People are being tripped up. What? <laughs> so God's heart is that we might get planted in the house. You, you, Paul's letters, he wasn't talking about the area. Of course, there's the church universal, but there's the church local. You get, you are part of the church local as part of God's universal church. And it's in the church local that you are planted and grounded and rooted and you grow in Jesus' name. So all that God's got for you. That's, God wants a moving body. For those of you that haven't yet got into a connect group. You call them connect groups? Into a connect group, what are you waiting for? You know, there's a far side card uh, with two elk, like deer, whatever thing, you know, whatever. And, and one of them's got this big kind of target on his, on his chest. And the other one looks at him and says, bummer of a birthmark, Hal. The truth is, when you're isolated, that's exactly how the devil sees you. We need each other. God, God you know, the Middle Eastern culture was a community culture. It was not a one-out. We, we live in such an individualistic world. Kiwis, man, self-made Aussies, you know, where we don't need each other. And God says, please don't do that. I've always seen you as my family. You need each other. Genesis chapter 1. See, this is not just something that God does. This is who He is. Genesis 1 verse 26 God's making man. He says, let us, everyone say us. Let us make man in our, everyone say our, in our image. In the image of God, he created them. God, what is this? Is this more than one God? No, of course not. It's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit having this conversation. God is, the, is, is, is community personified. There is no tighter knit community than the Trinity. God says, I'm not just telling you to get connected. Good name for church. I'm not just telling you to get into a connect group. I'm not just telling you to get off your rusty dusty. I like that. You can tell. And start to serve. This is not a crack of the whip. No, you don't have to. Do, you say, I don't have to. You don't have to do anything. You have to be in a connect group. You don't have to serve. Don't have to give. Don't have to pray. Don't have to. Of course you don't have to. You can be a spoiled brat Christian. Or you can say, you know what, what am I trying to keep? What am I trying to hide? I, I need my brothers and sisters here. And I'm going to find great fulfillment and fruitfulness as I connect together with the body of Christ. I'm going to say, when the body moves, the funeral is over. When the body moves, the funeral's over. Come with me to Romans chapter 12. Roam along to Romans. Come on. I get to do granddaddy jokes now. Did I tell you I was a grandfather? I know, I know. I don't look old enough. Thank you very much. No one was thinking that. Romans chapter 12, verse 4, verse 5. It says, so we being many are one body in Christ. Everyone okay with that? Well, you should be because it's the Bible. We being many are one body in Christ. And here's where it gets a bit tricky and individually members of one another. So individually, God doesn't make us little I love God dolls. Well, that's cool. I love God. That was well, not me, the thing on the bottom. <laughs> He's cool. <No. laughs> that would be a bit awkward. God doesn't make us, I go to Connect Church. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. He's given, he's given you incredible gifts and talents. Some of you are quieter personalities like me. Others are outgoing and gregarious. Others are big, small. Others got a tough background. Others have been brought up in church. We're all different. There is an individuality to us. But here's what the Bible says. We are members of one another. Can I have my two friends here? Come on, up you get. Quick, quick, quick. Come on, Kyle. You've got to be quicker than that, mate. You're around here. So, so friends of mine, say hi, Kyle. Hi, hi Rubes. Hi, we had lunch together yesterday. We're like that. We're like that. I'm the short, fat one on the left. <laughs> so anyway, one day I, was in, I, was in, I was in Northern California and uh, in near, near, um, near San Francisco. And, a, and an Aussie friend of mine who, uh, who lives there, he said, I want to today show you the biggest living thing on earth. I went, ooh, a whale. I didn't say that. I thought it. That would have been really silly to say it like that. But elephant, whatever. He said, no, no, trees. I was most disappointed. So we went to the redwood forest just out from that area. These things are hunkin' big. Anyone, anyone remember when you last ran 100 meters? I can vaguely remember that. <laughs> Scratching the memory right there. Well, these things are as tall as a 100-meter track is wide. So if you can imagine sitting a 100-meter track on its, on, on, its, on its top, you know, is that, oh, yeah. Go, going up, it'd be very hard to run on, wouldn't it, really? But uh, That's how tall they are. Now, you would think, everyone say, you would think, you would think, thank you, that, that, that the roots of these things would go down like 20 meters. Any advance on 20, 20, 20, 25, 25, 35, 35, 45? You'd think that they'd be hunkin' deep roots, right? Well, not so. Like two meters is how deep the roots are. But here's what they do. Come on, do your thing. Come on, at least like connect together. Come on. No. You, man, you can't get good help these days. So, so these trees, their root systems are underneath the surface and they actually intertwine together. Now, now. Now, go with me on this. This is not just a, an illustration of trees. Huh? So, so when the storms blow, it's a windy area. When the storms blow, they, they, their intertwined roots actually hold them up. You've got a whole, not just two, you've got a whole forest like that. Now, clearly, I'm not talking about trees. I'm talking about you and I. We need each other. We are members individually of one another. There's something to give our trees a good hand. And, and we're connected together. God doesn't just want a moving body. He wants a mutual body. I, uh, I haven't driven in New Zealand this time. I have in the past, but it's a, it's a piece of cake because it's the same side of the road as in Aussie. When I'm in America, on the other hand, that's a bit of a different story. I have to think about driving most of the time on the other side of the road. But I don't have to. I don't have to do that. I don't have to. Son of God sets free. It's free indeed. That's me. I'll do what I want. But of course you can do what you want. But I, 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 I forego my personal freedom for the sake of community blessing. When you decide, when you don't feel like it, to come to church on a Sunday, you forego your feelings of freedom for community blessing, because you're needed and missed around here. When you, when, you, when you 
don't want to go to a connect group. And, and when I say that, when I give you a bit of an uppercut, you like that? Just a bit of a relevance there. When I give you a bit of a jab, another one. Uh, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I hook into this little word. But I don't want to go below the belt. Because <laughs> none of you want to be on the ropes. And Anyway, pull out granddad. And so, so, so I can't remember what I was saying. What? Help me, Neil. Help me. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Pastor. Thank you. You were. You were. I noticed you're not taking notes, but you were listening. <laughs> so, so I choose not to be on the wrong side, to, to drive on the side that I want to for the sake. When you turn up to church, when you decide to be in a connect group, when you say, well, you know, this giving thing, <laughs> just as well they don't pass the bucket so I don't feel bad, that I'm not going to give into the thing. You forego, apart from the fact that it's obedience, we actually, we actually, hello, we prepared a little item for you. Somebody pre- prepared earlier. <coughs> give me a G. When you give, you forego personal freedom for the sake of community blessing. When, you, when you've invested, those of you that did, into this place, those of you that didn't, that's another story, but those that did, who invested in this place, you, you do that personally you, you forego some freedom in order to see other people come to Christ. And it's a beautiful thing. God doesn't just want a moving body. He actually wants a mutual body. You know, Genesis chapter 1, <laughs> verse 11, talks about everything reproduces after a seed. There's a seed. And, and God takes that seed. And honestly, if I squeeze this Bible, multiplication will flow out. See, God's not just interested in addition. Addition's better than subtraction. But God's not interested in addition so much. He he wants every single one of you to take a hold of the reality of what God's done in your life and actually help to raise others. Hey, say, how do I do that? Seriously, you can start by getting into a connect group. You can start by saying, I'm going to stop coming to church and I'm going to start to become the church. So I'm going to tap one of the shoulder, the, the pastor on the shoulder and say, hey, what team could I get involved in? What team could I get involved in? For those of you that, that haven't yet started tithing, you're going to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, for the sake of community blessing, I'm going to step across the line. All of that stuff is a seed that'll start to multiply. You say, well, what would, if I serve once every two or three weeks, what would that do? It's a seed to a harvest. Well, what, what, what if, if I just give my little bit? They're not even going to miss it if I give my little 10%. Man, I earn that little. I can't afford to tithe. No, you can't afford not to tithe. It's a seed God uses. Well, what would it, they won't miss me if I get along to a connect group. It's a seed. What about the little boy with his lunch? He bought a couple of fish and a couple of rolls. Poor little fella. It's a seed. What would he have thought? They're like, this is ridiculous. All right, here you go. The whole place is fed. Jesus takes the seed right through the Old Testament. We see this theme of be fruitful and multiplied, reinforced. God says it in the early chapters of Genesis when he was creating man. Uh, Have dominion, be fruitful and multiply. Through the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
he, he repeats the same thing in Genesis 17, 2, in Genesis 26, verse 4, and Genesis 28, verse 3. He repeats exactly. So this is something God wants to keep alive. Jesus himself go and make, said, go and make disciples. And then, of course, Jesus went back to be with the Father, sent the Holy Spirit, and, 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 and God is using the Holy Spirit even today to multiply the early New Testament church. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, it says 3,000 were added to them. That wasn't a bad church service, Pastor Adam. And then in verse 47 of the same chapter, it says they were added to the church. And then in chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, verse 14, it says they were increasingly added. Then Acts chapter 6, verse 1, the Bible says that the disciples started to multiply. God is going to use your seed to multiply in a really significant way. And if let's say I didn't come back, let's say I messed it up today. I've been a bit rude, I know, I'm sorry. That's Australian. Can't trust him. Let's say I don't get invited back for five years. It would not surprise me one little bit. This church has gone on based upon the seed of multiplication to well over 2,000 people and is actually planting out and doing all sorts of stuff across the place. Glad you're excited about that. God is doing something afresh. He really is. God is, but it starts with you. It starts with you. Some of you here, I don't need to be a prophet to say this. Some of you here are frankly bumping along the bottom. All the change that's happened. Wow, it's amazing. But if you're honest with yourself, think, man, same old, same old. Playing putt-putt Christianity. God says, you can stay that way if you want to. Oh, no, I don't have to do anything else. No, you don't. But you're missing out. God has brought you into this part of his kingdom for a time such as this. Wants to do something stunning in you and through you. Wants to actually cause fruitfulness to come out of your life. And sometimes we get in a bit of a rut. You know, the rut, a rut is nothing more than a grave with the ends kicked out. So if you're in a rut spiritually, let there be a bit of a crisis and revolution in your heart, even today. I don't believe it's an accident that you're here. In a few moments' time, I'm going to pray for every single person here who would say, Michael, you got me. Well, I didn't get you. The Holy Spirit did. I'm, I'm just going through the motions, and I actually hate it. I can hide it. I can pretend it's okay. Hey, at least you're here. We are delighted in whatever state you come. We thank God that you're here. So that, again, no judgment. I've told you a bit of my story and you didn't get up and walk out, so I'm, I'm in front. Because the truth is we all have our stuff. We all have our stuff. Jesus right now is wanting to do a fresh work in you. In a moment, I'm going to simply count to three. And, and at the end of that, I want you to confidently and boldly stick your hand in the air. You say, Michael, I need to get my life right with God. I need to respond to Him. Though it doesn't look like it on the outside, honestly, something is snuffed out. You, you were born for more than just bumping along the bottom. Friend, you might be brought, brought along with a friend. And uh, this might be your very first time. Maybe you've held Christianity and Jesus at a bit of an arm's length. But today, I believe God's got you here in His perfect timing and purpose because He loves you. He really does. He loves you. And he, he died on a cross for you. 
So for you today, I want to throw the gauntlet of challenge down. You say, oh, I'm not ready yet. When will you be ready? When the Holy Spirit starts to stir you, you respond. Respond to your heart. Work the head thing out later.